Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Janis Kuda. I'm Evgeny Donsko. I'm Henry Larson. I'm Peter Turepko, and you're listening to the Game to Love podcast. Welcome back, tennis fans. Here we are. We're back on day two now, I believe, or is it day three? Day th- we're going to be reviewing day two, but we're on day three of the French Open. So it's been pretty exciting stuff uh, yesterday. Uh, where do where do you want to get started, JG? Well, let's start with some of the big exits. Like, there's a few shocks in there. I know you're trying to say you, you expected a few happening. You were telling me earlier you thought... Uh, certain people would be going out but i was a bit shocked not gonna lie and uh i probably want to start this video actually the best way to start is just to say congratulations really to uh, most of our comment section uh because they was calling us stupid on the tour one saying how medvedev <laughs> is going to be there all the way to the end and uh yeah you was right so fair play to all you guys saying medvedev's not really much of a threat on roland garros never won um, roland garros yeah never oh. won still so, yeah we hold our hands up there. We we were wrong and you were right on that one. So well done for that. And uh, it's brilliant really for, uh, well, not for Medvedev, but for his <laughs> opponent. <laughs> I don't know if you want to get into that now. Uh, yeah, we can do. Let's just have a little look down. Well, we can go all the way to the... Oh, bear with me. Where has he gone? It might have been the... I've got to go down a bit further. Apologies. There we go, all the way to the bottom, and it was ah oh, one of our favourites that took him out, and it wasn't well. I don't think that Martin's a bad player, so no, no, I'm going to make it... a big statement now. Yeah, I think Martin at times when he's up for it and he's playing good, he's he's a top ten player. He can play like a top ten player when he's in form. And for me, out of anyone you don't want to be playing in a first round of a slam. It's Martin Fuksovic. We see what he did to Shapovalov earlier in the earlier in the year in the Australian Open. Dimitrov as well. He's someone you just do not want to be playing like in a slam. Full stop. 
Federer caused a lot of problems for Federer as well in that Australian Open. Took a and, set, uh, didn't he? He's just got like the athleticism of a player who's top ten, in my opinion. Like he's just, his fitness is incredible. You can't outlast him. He's got all the shots uh, in, in the locker, really. And it's just a tricky opponent to be playing. It's surprising that he's not really higher in the rankings or really achieved more in his career. Definitely. Well, yeah, you've seen it once again here. And it wasn't even really a contest by the looks of it. Martin Fuchskovich pretty much dismantled Medvedev there. I mean, he had one slip up there in the third set. But, yeah, very impressive. And... But could can we you just zoom in slightly, Ben? Because my eyesight's just shocking. Yeah, I can if you like. That's better. It saves go. me squinting. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go in a little bit more there for it. There you go. So yeah, that's there you perfect. Go. Yeah, and um, an amazing uh, fourth set though. He just, I think he just had enough and just thought, oh, I'm done with this Medvedev <laughs> character. I'm just going to wrap it up like nice and quick, and. Yeah, fair play to Martin Fuchskovic. Uh, I think he is the better clay court player, and it's clear there he is. The, the, the craziest thing in that match for me yeah, was the second set where Medvedev was facing set point and he just completely obliterated his racket and got a point penalty to lose the set. Yeah, like, come bit... on, that is a bit ludicrous. In a, in a slam, you don't give away points like that, especially a set point. And... Uh, I, I thought it was really interesting because we saw Medvedev in Cincinnati. Was it Cincinnati? No, US Open against Rublev. And he was in a similar position there in the, in a, I think it was in a tiebreak as well, wasn't he? He was down 6-3. Yeah. And uh, he managed to come back and win that tiebreak. And that sort of changed the match for him. So it just shows that if he like had his like, held his core a bit, there's a good chance he could have maybe taken that set. He shouldn't have given up at 6-3. The, the set's not over. It's a tiebreak. And every point is so big in a tiebreak. It was just like crazy for him to just throw it away like that, I thought. Do you think he's just uh, not got the mental edge on this clay court, though? Do you think that I don't think it's mental with Medvedev. Like we spoke about him. I think mentally he's quite a strong guy. I think um, it needs to be more about his technique, if anything, on a clay court. I think he's such a lanky figure and the ball doesn't bounce very high. So it's um, for these big guys, we've seen it with a Pelka as well yesterday. A big shock against, um, well, it was a shock for me. I know Sock was the favourite, but where's yeah. Jack Sock come from? <laughs> he was about, I don't even want to guess his weight a few months ago, mate. But all of a sudden, <laughs> he's just like a world beater. He's beating everyone, Jack Sock. He's back to his best. So, And I was expecting a Pelka to have a more of a show in there. But yet again, he's like that lanky sort of frame. The ball's not bouncing very high. And uh, I've noticed a lot, actually, these players are struggling. Yeah, they are indeed. I mean, you see the result there is straight sets uh, against Riley Opelko and Sock looks like, well, could this be getting back to some of his best form again? You've seen how well he'd been playing well before the break and he was been making his way back up through the rankings again and mm. sort of been making his way in a few wild cards into a few tournaments and looking pretty good but still like you said he's dropping maybe the weight's dropping off bit week by week and <laughs> he's, he's still now- got that forehand isn't he he's always been known for that most like one of the most powerful forehands in tennis and um, that's not going to just go away overnight is it no and he's got a obviously great net play as well so yeah, yeah of course. great doubles player uh yeah another big shock well should we get on to the one there uh, well we've got chris in the chat he wanted to talk about that how you doing chris yeah. um he was saying the big upset really for him was felix 
Yeah, and I what well, that's a little bit poor form from Felix, to be honest. And Nishioka, he's a good player, but he's a hardcore player predominantly. And you shouldn't, if you're top twenty, you can't be losing to Nishioka in the Grand Slam in the first round. I mean. You're not winning any fans with this type of performance. It's not even like an. It's not like a. Oh, I went out fighting type performance. It's a, yeah, it a straight talk. sets loss to Nishioka. And yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. I don't want to. I'm not going to hold back on it. I think not to take a set off Nishioka and Roland Garros this year for Felix, the form he's been in, uh, the way yeah. he's playing. I think it's a bit of a disgrace to be honest. He should be at least taking a set or, or making it competitive. He just. The amount of I saw a statistic. I forget the amount of unforced errors it actually was, but it was just through the roof. Like it wasn't that Nishioka was outplaying him, making loads of winners, and just completely like playing him off the court. It just seemed like Felix couldn't find the court and was making no. unforced error after unforced error. And um, at such a big stage, it's poor. He is young, but there's only so many times you can use the young excuse. Yeah, I mean, uh, 58 unforced errors in that match from Felix and uh, six double faults again. So he's still got that. He keeps throwing in those double faults and they're just not helping him out whatsoever. I mean, you've got to iron that out of your game. You're into the you're in grand slams uh, at the moment. You can't be throwing double faults around. It's losing your matches and it's quite clear uh, I'm not sure how he did on his... Well, yeah, you can see breakpoint conversion was pretty terrible as well. He had two out of 13 points uh, he converted for breakpoints and just not good enough on yeah. this level. And fair play, Nishioka. I was watched it. I watched a match that he played. I think it was last week he played Kwepfa. He had a very close match with Kwepfa. And you can see he's improving on the clay courts. Uh, he's nowhere near like top level yet, but... I thought Felix would have had that wrapped up, to be honest. I shouldn't be causing him that many problems. I mean, I think John, John summed it up quite nicely, actually. It was his forehand predominantly. Um, it's just, I don't know, he needs to work on it a lot because it, it's just prone to a lot of mistakes. And um, yeah, often what he tries to do is end the point so quickly because basically, he's, I feel like how he plays is with his big serve, a lot of the time, he's not serving for very long. He'll serve if yeah. it's not an ace. He'll finish it off in the next point. He's very much, um, yeah. he's not someone you, he's going to want to rally. He doesn't like a long rally. He's not going to like to slug it out with these courts as well. Probably doesn't suit him these conditions at all. No. And uh, Nishioka, someone who loves that, is probably polar opposite to Felix. Yeah, he loves running around the court, doesn't he? Whereas yeah. Felix likes that one-two punch. And on this type of court, you're not getting that. And you're not, the big servers are struggling uh if you're a big like if you can hit a lot of winners fair enough but he hit 30 winners but 58 unforced errors and that that negative uh well average i guess or ratio is not good enough and nishioka 23 winners only 34 unforced errors and that's probably the tail of the match really yeah, yeah. 28 more um, 24 more unforced errors and that's that's enough to lose you any match yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to harp on about it, but he needs to buck his ideas up if he's going to like be challenging for Grand Slam. I don't think he's going to be challenging at the French anytime soon. Yeah. Well, bef- before we get on to more flops, because there was a few of them, let's talk about Dominic Team. And yeah, uh, that was impressive from him, beating, yeah. uh, obviously, Marin Silic, top player. We've, we were talking about how difficult Dominic Team's draw was in this tournament. 
Yes. Um, but he managed to dispatch well, Silic with relative ease in three sets. Played some really good stuff as well. Um, I didn't catch all the match, um, but I saw bits of it. And yeah, he looked really good, to be fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I caught the highlights of this one. Obviously, it was on whilst we were working. Yeah, yeah. So, But it looked very impressive. And it was even more impressive than when he beat him at the US Open. And you'd expect that, really, just because of his, well, clay court play that well Dominic team's clay court up through and through really he's just only started playing his trade on the hard courts and started to do really well in recent well, years mate, he's been the finalist remember the last two years he's been exactly. there right right, the, right to the end so this don't, tournament does suit Dominic team don't rule I just out. feel like his no but his draw man is really tough it doesn't he's matter he's got a really tough I don't draw. think it matters I think he's the person that no one's that people aren't talking about him as much they're talking about Djokovic they're talking about Rafa and I think team might be able to sneak through and he's the one possibly to beat. He's the youngest one out of those ones that you would fancy. It'd probably be those three that you fancy, Djokovic, yeah, yeah. Nadal, Dominic Team. And he's probably, well, he's just won a Grand Slam, his first one. He's got to have a bit of confidence coming in from that. And he's been in the final the last two times. So surely he's looking to go one better. And who would say now we're playing in a weird French Open where it's not hot, it's not suiting Rafa. Yeah, Djokovic, you, you don't know. We're not seeing him play yet. I'm sure he's going. Oh, he's to later on, pretty, isn't he? Today, I'm sure he's still going to be pretty good. But it throws it up in the air a little bit, and you don't know who it's going to suit quite as well. But we've seen Dominic Team; he looks amazing so far. Well, so. Melias makes a good point there. Team showed a lot of resilience in that match. At one point, it was love forty down uh, four five, and he managed to hold for that for that. So. It just shows that he's a, he's a, mentally, it seems like he's there as well. He's fighting for every point. He's not giving up. A lot of people then, their head drops a bit and they're thinking, I've got a long way to get out of this one, especially when you've got Marin Silic the other side of the net. Um, but he fought in there and managed to do it. So fair play to him. I think. And, um, I, I, do, I understand what you're saying. I think Dominic Team has a great chance, but I just feel like the amount of top players he's going to have to be playing, I do doubt that he's going to be able to get... Um, get for them all in three sets. And if he has a few five-setters in there, you do not want to be coming to the end of this Roland Garros, having played too many matches and had spent too, too many hours on court. Because I feel like uh, a Novak Djokovic or even a Schwartzman later on Ooh. could uh, dispatch you quite quite comfortably. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to come back to that point that Melez was making there, if it was Love 40 hold at four all, uh, that must mean it, it must have been Love 15, Dominic team in that game, I believe. <laughs> Just another yeah, it would have been. <laughs> so at least he's continuing with that theme anyway. But uh, yeah, he looks really strong. I think, yeah, we're only going to see... It's not an easy first-round match. Marin Cilic is not an easy match for anybody. I reckon no. he could have got, probably, well, maybe third, fourth round if he hadn't met Dominic yep. team in the first round. But Dominic team straight sets win. Interesting... Well, well, go on, go on. Sorry, what was going to say? I was going to say, interesting to see who he's up against in the next next round. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was just going to bring up the draw. I don't know. I w- you won't be able to see it. I'm just going to have a quick look at it myself. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, Dominic team will be playing. Bear with me. So he's playing Jack Sock in the next round. So that's quite. That, that's not an easy match either. He's just. Uh, Former top ten player. That's that's very tough match, really. This is like you said, tough route through. And if he gets through that one, 
he could be in for a rude awakening because he might be playing Casper Rude in that yeah. next next round because he's up against Tommy Paul, Casper Rude. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's it's ridiculously tough. Although I think Jack Sock surely can't beat Dominic Team, right? I, it's a weird year. I just did not expect. Dom, I just I just I'm just so perplexed really by Jack Sock and like what he's doing right now. He's just playing far too good than like far better than I even anticipated he ever could. Yeah. Uh, so Fair play, we, yeah, it's going to be tricky, but I think Dominic team should be able to do that one. I think one person to maybe look out for, like I've been keeping an eye on him, Pedro Martinez. He's been playing some amazing stuff. Um, yeah. He's gone through really easy. This is the guy, obviously, Vukic knocked out Alcaraz Garcia in the uh, qualifiers. Yeah, and, and we'll speak got... about Al- Alcaraz later on in this video because he had a ridiculous match today in the Challengers. Oh, God, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it was uh, unbelievable. But, yeah, Pedro Martinez is specifically clay court through and through. This is his bread and butter. And he's got to the first round, or I think he's got to maybe the second round, perhaps before as well. I think he's getting better on the clay as well. And I think, well, depending on who he's playing in the next round, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who he comes up against. And yeah. if he can progress, because he's going to be, he could cause problems for a lot of people. He's up against uh, Mikhail Kukushkin next. I reckon he could take out Kukushkin, if I'm honest. Yeah. And then he could. Well, I'm sure take... he's probably happier he's playing Kukushkin rather than Fanini. But then saying that, I'm not sure, because this Fanini we're seeing right now is a bit of a, a bit of a farce, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you can blame the injury so much, but for me, he doesn't seem. It's one of them ones where you're just coming. It's more match fitness rather than an injury now. Like, uh, it seems like he's recovered from his injury. It's going to take him some time to be getting back to his full match fitness, and that's what we're seeing now. However, we still see some top points from Nini, but I think it's mental for him. Like when things aren't going right for him, he just throws the towel in quite. No, he's still lit. there. Sorry, Do you not think. Just, no, sorry, he just cut out for a second there. Yeah, yeah, he does throw the towel in quite easily, though. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, and he throws his toys out the pram, so to speak. And yeah. you just see these certain performances from Fanini where he can just lose just straight sets, even like six love in a set, and just gives up. Really, he just yeah, don't yeah. like to He's see that. He's got it in him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think after that third set, he lost that tie break, and then he just he just gave up. That wasn't because of his fitness or any injury or anything. He just didn't fancy it and didn't want to do it. And it's strange, isn't it? Because if you win that set, it's all to play for and it's just a fifth set decider. But I have no idea. It's just a... It, it boggles me. I, I would love to get inside the head of Fabio Fanini to see what's going on because I bet it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to be in there. <laughs> yeah, probably for a few like plates being smashed or lots of things being <laughs> thrown around. Uh, yeah, let's have a look down the draw a little bit more. It was a bit of an epic one there. Uh, one that sort of slipped under the radar for me, especially. You had Emilio Gomez there, uh, went out to Sonego. Five-setter. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see the match. but Mate, It yeah. was interesting. Did you know Gomez's dad played in... Uh, he was a professional tennis player as well. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and he actually, I think... Don't quote me on this. I think he's actually won a Roland Garros. <laughs> Well, I'll have to go back and we'll have to stack check the history. That one. I, about that, but I saw something like that, and I was like, "What's going on here? Is this real?" That's crazy. Well, look it at was this. way before our time, I think. But um, yeah, even still, that's crazy. Traveling through there, we like we said before, Tommy Paul. Yeah, 
Mackenzie McDonald. Are you going through? And look at this one for a fifth set. <laughs> mate, I was watching that. I was watching that one. That was epic, it was, mate. I, I was just kept seeing the score and I kept checking back and I was like, still going in that fifth set. This is crazy. Mate, how, how long was the fifth set? Do you know? No. 180, 180 minutes. What, three hours? Yeah. Wow. Now that's a, getting, getting towards the John Isner Mahut uh, level, that is. That's, that's what I was going to ask you. Is there not a cutoff now for the fifth set? I think it's just in Wimbledon there's a cutoff for the fifth set. Oh, they so potentially it could go all the way. Surely not. Yeah, we don't really need that in this tournament, do we? They're already struggling yeah. with the rain and all those problems. If you have the players going 18-16 in the fifth set, if we we're going to be playing in January and finishing yeah. this tournament, it's going to get ridiculous. Yeah, and well, Melez just confirmed there that Gomez's dad was the 1990 champ. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, mate. That's a, that's a good start. I didn't know. Right? I didn't make it up completely. It's got uh, big shoes to fill. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's but uh, yeah, he went out in the first round, so not quite there just yet, but maybe next year, eh? Yeah, huge disappointment there for TFO. That's really disappointing for him. Yeah, five um, setter. I mean, but Struff, such a such a tough customer, as we know, on all surfaces. Yeah, um, but the thing is, in that second set, he was serving for the set, and he's just completely bottled it. Yeah. Well, what can you do? I mean, uh, I, I was watching this one yesterday, which was got to follow the only Brit left in it, haven't we? <laughs> just Liam Brody, because he'd been playing really well on clay uh, in a couple of challenges and uh, yeah. of, of late. I thought maybe he's he no could... match for Vesely, though. No, in my no. opinion, Vesely is like a different level. Um, I put, well, I told you, didn't I? I put on, I marked Brody to win a set, and yeah. he did. He came out firing that second set, and but he's Vesely is, uh, yeah, like you say, another. He's a step up. I think he's what tops. He's like seventy-five or something in the world. Brody's about two hundred and thirty or something around there. So, right. yeah, the right person's really gone through. Vesely's likely to give people more problems in the latter rounds than Brody would anyway. Yeah, yeah. and well, OCS there was just confirming what we were talking about earlier when it goes to a fifth set, mm. and that is the Australian Open, there's a super tie break. French is normal. Wimbledon 12-12, we know that one. Yeah. And uh, the US, obviously, that's a 6-6 breaker. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's weird that they're all different. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, bizarre that they haven't all tried to do the same thing. But I think Wimbledon, they had to. They had on the to subject of that, really. though, what's your preference? If you was to hold your own Grand Slam, Ben's um, Grand Slam every year, <laughs> what would it, what would you have as the fifth set? <laughs> Maybe we could introduce UTS rules for the, for the, <laughs> for the final set, just to have a so you get like a three points if you want to. Well, you're playing uh, all these funny play, cards. Yeah. Like. <laughs> It's like Yu-Gi-Oh or something, mate. I'm not yeah. a fan of it. I, I don't know. I, I well, I'm a traditionalist. I quite just like letting it play. I think I I like the old style. I'm I just want to see you win by those two clear games, and it just really it creates these epic world record type matches. It's not like popular though, is it? Because at the end of the day, after doing that, it basically writes you off for the next round. If you have a massive uh, match that goes to like 30, 28 or something, <laughs> that next round, you're screwed. Yeah, essentially. So that's the, pro that's the problem with it. However, from a spectator's perspective, you could argue it's boring that you're just continuously seeing the same thing over and over again. But I actually, I just find it really entertaining. Like you'll see like even yesterday, 
with the what was it, uh, Justino Mutet when when eighteen sixteen. There was a lot of people watching that fifth set. Like everyone was like uh, engaged <laughs> in it. I saw on Twitter everyone was tweeting every single every single hold of serve or break of serve for Mutet's case. Um, it was just epic. Like everyone was following it. Everyone was really pumped for it, and I think it is exciting. So I like it like that, to be honest. Well, it's crazy, isn't it? Like when you get to that to sort of time when you've gone past the six or and then you get into the eights the nines the tens they're holding serve all the way up until i believe it was 13 all and then finally no, the break- kept breaking then didn't they i think he broke twice he could have served out for the match twice yeah yeah there was Just a match point. Kept breaking back there was a yeah, match, point, match point as at, well uh, yeah it was at uh eight seven i believe and yeah, he didn't take it, and they got all the way to 13-13, th- and then finally the break of serve from Mutet. But it's always typical, isn't it? You hold your serve for all that time, both players, one loses their serve, then the other one goes and loses their serve. And then it happened again. They both got broken again. Then yeah. they both held their serve again, and you're thinking, what is going on here? And they got all the way, obviously. Wait, I didn't think it was ever going to end. <laughs> and uh, I think Moutet, I think he's going to feel really hard on himself because uh, maybe it's hard to say he deserved to win. I think he was more false in the idea of trying to win the match. Um, but he just made too many mistakes in the end. Yeah. Um, think... Justino was getting everything back and he just kind of bullied him by doing that. And fair play to him. Really exciting for him. I was happy for the guy. Obviously, he's Italian as well. So I had to it... back him for the Italian blood. That's it. Interesting uh, for winners and unforced errors. Moutet hit 88 winners and 88 unforced errors. So that's yeah, <laughs> exactly leveled himself out. But... It was just too many. If he could reduce them unforced errors, even by about, well, it was such a tight match. You could say even 10 or maybe five okay. less. I reckon he would have won that match. And then he just made the... it at the wrong times. And there was one instance, I think it might have been on his, one of his match points. He missed the line by, it must have been a few centimeters so i feel a bit hard on mutet um but it well, happens, he, man. he lost on tie break tie break and then a crazy last set the sets he won he won comfortably and that's why justino he had 57 winners and 96 unforced errors so it was yeah. he really went missing for a couple of sets in that match yeah, yeah. but well listen to this is- i'm sean i think this is how you doing sean by the way yeah and uh this is a really good point i'm I'm fully on board with it. How about doing 12 all for the first six rounds? And then when you get to the final, there's no limit. So then you're not, you're never really affecting the next match. I like it. I like it. Do you not think? Yeah. Then potentially we could see the craziest final ever. Did you think it, or you could, uh, you could stagger it like the snooker. So you could have every round it goes up another one. So, like, you have to win by, you could go, say, maybe it can have to go 8-6, then it's 9-7, then it can be 10-8, then it's like... Yeah, mate, that would work as well. Yeah, you could stagger it. Yeah, let's be honest, though, it doesn't always happen. There's a lot of situations where it will be done in three sets or four sets, so uh, or even it'll be done in the fifth set, 6-3. Like, how often do you see a fifth set even still go to, it will just be like normal tennis? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just whoever can hold their nerve, isn't it? That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. So before we go on to, well, for me, I would say this is the biggest surprise. I know people say Felix. Yeah, I'm not going to go on to that yet. Let's talk about Casper uh, Rude first. Yeah, I mean. Because that is, um, yeah, I think that's phenomenal. Granted, Sagita's not a, he's not like a, a world <laughs> beater, is he? 
not not the uh, top of the uh, tree, but he's still top one hundred. But he's not. He's really a good player, capable. but he's not going to bring out the crowds, is he? He's not. He's people not... aren't going to be queuing front row to see Sagita. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Maybe uh, in his uh, local town or or even in his country, but yeah, yeah. no, nowhere else. Not on the clay courts either. No. But impressive, impressive stuff. I didn't expect anything different. Straight sets, rude. He's through, and yeah, I think he set up. Who did I say he was playing in the next round? Was it was it Tommy Paul? He was playing Tommy Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Tommy Paul in the next round, and then they then could potential. We were playing team or sock, right? Oh, it's gonna a team and rude. That's gonna be a oh, that's the one I bet we were thinking. I think but... everyone wants team and rude. That'll be really interesting to see. Um, personally, I make a big statement. I think Rude's gonna beat him. Oh, why would you say that's something? huge? That's huge. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think for me, I think well, Dominic team, we're going to see him in the final again. That's what I think. And I think so. You think you so you're saying Rafa's not going to get to the final then? Yeah, I think he's going to take out Rafa in this tournament and before the final. And I think that it'll probably be a Djokovic team final. Mm, fair enough. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. But that's bold. you you wait you wait. I'm gonna get more hate. There's gonna be all the Zverev fans are gonna come after me. I'm like, <laughs> girl, you don't give him enough credit. Like he's <laughs> he's done so much on clay. He's won this tournament on clay. Uh, yeah, but the one thing I want to say, I don't hate Zverev, and I actually think he's an amazing tennis player. But there's always a but. He and all of these videos that were sent, the big three saying that Zverev on how what the amazing player they think he is. Yes, when he was breaking through and he was 17 years old and he took the world by storm, he looked like the next breed. And we thought he's going to be the Mate, next. The, the Rafa Nadal video you just referenced was in 2018. Yeah, but I still believe that he's dropped. I don't think he's even getting to that same level that he was when he was a couple of years ago. I think he's he needs so to up a level. Only a few weeks ago, he's in a Grand Slam final. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not. I think you're being track. harsh on Alex Zverev, man. Yeah, but come on, mate. Let's let's be serious. If Djokovic was in there properly, he's not going to be getting there. That so I'm just I just I want to see the best out of him again. I don't just want to see the Zverev who's big serve and that's all all it is. I want to see the whole thing that got him to the dance and the thing that everyone was talking about. Because I think when he came through, I was raving about him as much as you were. And I just haven't been I've just been disappointed to not see him really like set the court on fire, get everyone excited to watch him. Because everyone was just saying, Did you watch that Zverev match in the US Open? It was boring and it was a snooze fest all this like that yeah he's better than that trust me if you want go back and watch some of his past matches he won the world tour finals so these these conditions like Melez said could suit Zverev though so let's just watch this space with him he also says he loves your pro team pick we're getting a lot of team love in the comments and uh you've also offended OCS mate about Shigita it's his second cousin Oh no! Oh, <laughs> apologies. Well, there's no, uh, yeah, there's no malice in our uh, in our words. Mate, ben, I'm pretty sure he's joking. It's not his second cousin. <laughs> there's, 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 there's no, there's no malice in our words. Even if you were, if you're not, Sagita, we love him on the hard court. We just don't like him on the clay. 
<laughs> anyway, let's go to a big flop. And that's Milly. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, well, not Billy Avich. Kranovich. What happened here? His countryman has pushed him out of the tournament, mate. And well, I don't know, because Kranovich has been playing the best tennis he's ever done in his career. He looks, at times, if he's not playing either Novak Djokovic or one of the top five or top ten, he looks unbeatable. I'm sorry. Like, he is the best of the rest, in my opinion. Um no, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm siding like all the top 10. Like I'm just outside yeah. that top 10. He's the best of the rest. I think on any surface as well, he can play on. And uh, for me, he's just a quality player. Yeah, it's very good. I watched him against Djokovic. He was unlucky not to have done better in that match. He was well in it with Djokovic. You couldn't even tell him apart in that match. I'll be honest. Apart from Djokovic making the, the crucial moments and just doing what he does best. But... I just think it's disappointing, mate. You should not be losing to Milijevic. No, uh, I don't think it's he poor. should be. But I thought there was a possibility that he might, just based upon the fact that they're from the same country. They probably trained with each other quite a lot. They probably know each other's games inside and out. And I think that can be an advantage in this type of thing. It can also can hinder you because the other player might know all of your tricks. Like so They might not. Well, they know where your weaknesses are, but they also know where your strongest are. Even right? still, he's just a level above. Like he shouldn't, shouldn't yeah, be losing. Be. It seems like a lapse of concentration. I'll have to watch the highlights of the match because I've not been not had a chance to. I've been so busy with work and trying to fit these podcasts in. I've not been able to watch as much tennis as I wish uh, as I'd have wanted to. But for me, that's just a disgrace. Him losing that, I didn't see yeah. it at all. I, I, I remember seeing the odds before. Because I think if you scroll to the right, you'll see the odds. Right? Uh, it was just yeah, bizarre. Well, it was seven to one for. Uh... Yeah, Milojevic. I'm surprised it's not higher. Well, he's 144 in the world, and he is a decent clay court player as well. You got to remember that. I'm sorry, mate, but Krajinovic is the is just too good. I'm just disappointed there. For me, that is my biggest disappointment I've seen so far in the tournament. And um, well, one now which you're going to say wasn't a disappointment was Bublik Monfils. Yeah, I called it, and but it's obvious. I mean, for me, I don't think I'm not that proud of calling that because at the end of the day. Monfils has just come back from uh, like an injury and he you just can tell he's not there. He's lost his last Well, he's two come out in interviews. I don't know if you caught his interview and he's just saying he's not really feeling it right now. You can On court, he, feels, he just feels awkward out there. Uh, he's not finding any rhythm whatsoever. Uh, no. It's not because he's not a top player. We know how good Gal Monfils is. Um, it's just a case of he's just not in a good run of form right now. And it happens in tennis. Happens to all players, so to be sad, honest. Though. He was so good um, before the break as well. And it was just so sad that someone like him, who's obviously more in the latter stage of his career, would he could have had a really good run this year if it wasn't for this whole break. And it's just completely screwed him. And now he's come back and he's in much worse form. So I feel sorry for Gail Monfils, one of our like sort of favourite players to watch because he's so entertaining and there's no crowd there to even entertain. So maybe that's why he's just gone out. He's <laughs> got no one to uh, show off to on the court. But I don't know. But Bublik, that, I, I thought he was a very good player. We only got to Mate, see... What, what you, come on then, what do you make about some of his uh, underarm aces? Mate, they were he, hit, he, he hit a very good one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he has. He, he did, does it at the right time. It's normally on like an advantage or something when the game's pretty tight and he really needs to just get that game over the line. He'll pull one out. And that's pretty clever i think yeah he uses it tactically well and i think he's only able to use it so well the same as kyrgios is because his first serve is so powerful that the players have to respect it and stand like quite far back 
And Monfils, he wasn't using it as much in the first uh, couple of sets because I think he just thought, um, this isn't, he's quite quick, isn't he, Monfils? I'm probably yeah. just going to be risking giving all like showing all my cards too soon. And he managed to, he looked like he was bossing the rallies for me. This was, I watched the whole match of this one. And even when he was down uh, in the set or it got broken, he always looked like he could come back. He didn't yeah. look like it was too much of a struggle for public. He looked like he just could push him around the court a bit. And like you said, Monfils out of sorts, really. Yeah, I know John there is saying that Monfils shouldn't be in the top 10 anymore. I think we need to just calm down a bit. Like, I don't want to be too harsh on Monfils. We need to remember what year he's had already in 2020. Um, yeah, I think he's on. won two ATP titles this year alone. And we've not had tennis for six months of it. So he's done. He's not done too bad. Let's get off his back a little bit. It's just mentally something's not quite right at the moment, physically yeah. as well. And uh, I'm sure he'll get back to that because he's a quality class player. And a lot of people, the game's a much better place when he's playing well, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. It's just like people like, and especially in the French Open, this is home tournament. You want to see him doing well in that. But unfortunately, he's out this year. Hopefully, someone else can fly the flag for him. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. And I think it's Rafa time. Yeah. Right? Rafael Nadal makes and, it through. Um, I was in... watching this match. This was a good one. It was on ITV4. They showed the whole match. <laughs> yeah. I was there just cheering on Rafa. Oh, and God. Um, I just want to start off with by saying Jurisimov was incredible. I'll put it out there. I think he was class the whole match. I think, who did you say at the beginning? I was. You were talking about someone. You said um, uh, Marin Silic. You were saying if he was faced up against a lot of other players in the first round, there was a good chance he'd have gone through. I think exactly the same for Jurisimov. I think if Jurisimov was played against maybe any other player, basically fifty percent other players, he would have won that match. Yeah, I thought he was class. He played really good against Rafael Nadal, but Rafael Nadal just didn't give him a chance. You know what is. Uh, his top spins, like he was just, he creates so many different angles no player can create on the tennis court. And at Roland Garros, that's only intensified by about 10. So, yeah, it's just, I think it's, it's yeah, not really fair, is it? I feel like playing Rafa Nadal on, on Roland Garros courts is not really fair. He's got an advantage in every single match he plays, and uh, he's just incredible. It's just, it's amazing to watch. Like, I think it's a, as we know, it's a generational talent. And just to continue to continue to keep watching him is just impressive, and I just love watching every match. <laughs> you love it too much, some might say. I think no, no, you quite... can't, Ben. You've got to you've got to admire it because when Rafa's gone, yeah, you're not going to see something like this. I know. You we can say the... Carlos Alcaraz or Massetti could be doing this thing. I don't think they can. This is just something we're never going to see again. It's the fighting spirit. It's the fighting spirit that he brings to the court. I thought it was something that was really interesting with this, like you were saying, uh, Jerusalem played out of his skin, played some of the, probably the best match he could play possible yeah, against yeah. Rafa Nadal. But not one break point did he get in the first two sets. And that's yeah. how crazy, how well you can play against Rafa Nadal and not one, and Rafa Nadal, he had one break point in sets broke both times. That's how, that's how clinical Rafa Nadal was. Yeah, but the thing so is, I think it was a blessing in the sky, in the skies that Jurisimov didn't break because when he did break in the third set, he yeah. broke to make it 2-0 <laughs> and then he lost six <laughs> match, six games in a row. I know. So, um, I think the match would have been Rafa. over a lot sooner if he broke earlier in them two sets because it's the worst thing to do against Rafa Nadal. Made him angry and then after what? that, he was just firing him. What did we... What did, I think Jurisimov, he did get slightly injured as well. He rolled his ankle. It looked quite bad as well. 
isn't it when we spoke to uh robin harsa he said don't don't piss off rafa nadal he tried a few trick shots while he was playing him and he said after that rafa just turns it on <laughs> and then just wipes him off the court so he said even in training he does it as well don't even mess around with him in training so yeah, no, it's a valid point though isn't it it's rafa yeah. nadal he's not he's someone who his intensity on court is just through the roof and it's interesting to see that casper rudd obviously coming through the um rafa academy yeah. He sort of shares a lot of that intensity, I feel. Yeah, he's really so good. So going to bode well for him in the future. Yeah, he's a very, very good player. and We've, still... we've done it again, though. We've been speaking 40 minutes. We're still on the men. Um, so I think it's going to be a bit like this, these early early rounds, because there's so many matches to cover. We'll just go through some of these quickly. Uh, I to, uh, this was one I wanted to just point out. Well, obviously, this was a big match above, but I was watching this one yesterday, and it was a back-and-forth battle. It was uh, GB's Norrie against Galan Riveros, who I, I thought Riveros was going to win this. I was surprised that, because, well, Riveros is an amazing clay court player. You probably don't get to see much of him on the ATP circuit, but, yeah, really amazing challenger player. For, Brilliant uh, on the challengers, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I thought Norrie had been playing terribly recently on the clay. So, and I was surprised he was two sets to one up. Well, it was 5 nil up, wasn't he, in that first set? Well, it was, I was so shocked. I was like, what's happened? Norrie suddenly changed it up on the clay courts but that, that it, he's such a grinder Riveros though and or Galan Riveros he just keeps on plugging it plugging away reminding me a little bit of like a Batista Agut style uh, I think it's that sort of that Spanish vibe obviously it's like South American but yeah had that sort of same plug-in backhand it was just very forced he could just like force him in well, he was hitting the baseline quite a lot with it, and then suddenly would just change it up and then change direction. That was catching Norrie out quite a lot of the time. And those last two sets, you've seen he just outlasted him, he couldn't handle that five sets on clay. Yeah, like you said, yeah. I think you summed it up nicely. We also got other results there. Obviously, the tennis Sangram one that wow. was impressive to fight in five sets. He saved some match points in that match as well. We know how much of a warrior Sangram is. Yeah, um, so tough. Is clay courts aren't particularly his thing, but he ground he, he managed to grind it out. So fair play to him. Hatchinov as well. That was easy for him. He's been in some good form of late. Uh, Daniel Altmaier, I really like him. Yeah, that was he had a lot of problems in 2019 with an injury, uh, but he seems to have come back from that nicely and playing. Keep some good an stuff. eye on him. Keep an eye on Daniel Altmaier because yeah. he's one of the well without that... his injury he would be a lot higher up in the rankings and a lot more people would know about him but it's been a bit unfortunate yes. with what's happened in his career but regardless of that the way he's going um i project him to go i don't know top 50 maybe he could yeah he could easily do it uh, i mean at the moment he is uh, let's have a look quickly there yeah he's 22 years old so yeah. and yeah the sky's the limit for that kid i think and i put it out there. I put jotted it down. I thought he was going to take out Lopez in straight sets just because I'd seen his previous few matches. And yeah, it actually happened. It was a very close first set. But once he got that over the line, he looks, he looks really promising. His backhand's really, really nice to watch. And he really just goes through it so so nicely and can yeah. change the direction of it so well. So And Lopez... Is he going to play forever or what's going on? He still looks quite good. He didn't look bad at all. Like yeah. He was hitting some amazing winners, amazing drop shots. Still got it. But I was, how old is he now? 
I don't even I don't even know. I like I like Lopez in on grass, man. I think he's a quality player on grass. Let's have a look. Thirty nine. Okay, there yeah. you go. Uh, yeah, so got down uh, all the. And then we'll that. just wrap that up with the last one, I guess. Corona Buster beat Milman. Milman's not really a clay court player. Uh, no, no. Right, nothing, coming. nothing really to, to mention on that one. Uh, OCS was just asking Ben, who was your picks for the men? Who was your under underdog and your main pick for the men's uh, title uh, this year? Well, uh, I went with. Shapovalov as my dark horse. Uh, That's it, dark I'm, horse. I'm, I'm, one, I'm wondering whether I should have done that or not. I'm just waiting to see how he performs in his first match today. I'm hoping he comes out all guns blazing. It's Jules Simon. Jules Simon's no easy match, though. He's, it's at home in France. If he gets past him in style, I'm going to be pretty excited. And yeah, and then I've got Djokovic as my main pick. <laughs> yeah, my main pick was um, Rafael yeah. Nadal, well, well, and my God. dark horse was Casper Ruud. So that's why yeah. I'm backing him against team. But on the hindsight, <laughs> like, this was before the draw, was it not, Ben? Or was it after the draw? What, what I forget was that? when we made our picks. Yeah, yeah, it was before the draw. Yeah, it was before the draw. So like, no. I don't know. Oh, it was might have been after the draw, actually. Yeah, During the draw, in our draw episode. The way it? the conditions are sort of played out and the way what I've seen so far, I'm not very um, confident about Nadal. I don't think he's going to do it now, to be honest. But I did say that at the beginning, so I'll stick with that. Um, let's talk about some of the women's action now. I think we've only got about five minutes to talk about it, but we'll go through some of them. <laughs> Kvitova right there, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I think we've not even given our picks, but we both agreed before this podcast that we both think that Kvitova is going to win. No, we don't see anyone really. You said that, didn't you? No, I didn't. I said Halep. Oh, Halep. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, you can no, no, Kvitova. I said Halep as well. Sorry. Oh, I'm getting okay, mixed yeah. up. Sure I, meant Halep. I don't mean yeah. Kavitova. I was talking about right. Halep. All right. Of course. Anyway. Wait, I said Halep, mate. We both had a discussion. <laughs> I'm not trying to change my mind. I said Halep. All right. All right. We'll let the uh, jury decide. Anyway, yeah, we'll go keep going. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just going down there, obviously, well, Bernardo Pera, that's that a good result for her. Great uh, result there for Sarah Arani. Uh, she's continued a great form since coming back. Yeah. Uh, and Pironkova there. Pironkova doing very well. She's back again for another Grand Slam. Well, mate, tournament. we're both cheering her on, aren't we? I'd love to see yeah. her go deep in this tournament. Um, yeah. She's kind of like a surprise package. Like We don't really know what to expect. Was that US Open a bit of a fluke? Was it a one-off? Or can she follow up with another great tournament? Well, let's, We'd have put let's it past her, would you? Let's wait and see. Hopefully another great tournament. Would you say this was an upset? We had the two Russians because Netsova went out to Pavlyuchenkova. Mm, That's a bit, it's your classic women's match there. Six one, two six, six one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Ball back went out. That's a disappointment. Uh, she got battered as well. Ah uh, no, Tamara. God, we love we're fans of Tamara Corpatch on the podcast. We we like to see her do well. Serena Williams cruising through there, and Svitolina also. Bit tougher match, but she got got through. Who else have we got going through there? Yeah, she's doing a lot better than uh, she's been in some good form actually. Svitolina, obviously, she's just won the was it Strasbourg in France? WTA Strasbourg. Yes, yes, she did. Uh, so she's in some good form. Yeah, uh, Von Jusova out in embarrassing fashion. Yeah, that was a bit, a bit of a shock. Uh, who else we got there? Muguruza. That was a pretty close one. Eight six in the final set there. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, did you? No, I thought she was going to go out. I'm not going to lie. At one point, it looked like it didn't look very good for her. Um, 
she was just playing catch up the whole match. It, all the it was so tight. I thought Zdancic played incredible, but Mudarusa needs to improve a lot if she wants to go deep in this tournament. Yeah, she's not looking at her best, is she? Same with uh, Kerber was just just that was appalling. I'll be honest. I know Hadja yeah. Juvan's a good player. You love her. Raved about her. I do love her. Yeah, but Kerber's just mate. I'm just I watched that match and it was just disappointing. Like it was just poor. It was yeah, really bad. Look who's gone through, mate. The TIG. The TIG is through to the next round. Go on, the TIG. Yeah. So she's through against Vogeli. And then Elise Cornet. Okay, the old yeah. French affair there. Ensuring another French. Uh, Leila Fernandez as well. That's a big one. Yeah. She's, she's, well, she had a bit of a shaky start, but she's a very strong player. Did well to get through that one. Uh, yeah. And the other Pliskova. Like, this Pliskova's a bit. I don't know, a bit better than I'm. I actually prefer she's not watching. She's no, just more I, consistent. I prefer watching Christina more. These watch Christina today, and ugh, if we can talk about that briefly, yeah. it's a struggle. It was a struggle against someone who was 174th in the world. She struggled passes. She lost the first set. She won the second set, and then the third set. She's still. Just so many poor shots constantly. I don't know what's going on with her. Is she ever going to perform well in the slams? I mean, I know she's got to a final of one once before, but it seems it seems like she's just, I don't know, bottles it a bit when it comes down. Mate, I completely any... agree. I'm not a massive fan of her. We know how good she is in these WTA tournaments, but when it comes to big tournaments, or even them, even WTA finals, 250s or 500, just a bit disappointing, like, Needs to improve. We know how good she can be, but she just doesn't live up to the bill a lot of the time. No, she totally doesn't. Uh, who else is there? Uh, I'm not going to speak on these ones. I haven't seen them. Hercog through yeah. and Burrell through. We'll wait and see how they get on in the next round. Do you want to have a quick look at... Well, who... Yeah, let's have a look at the challengers from today because that'll be exciting, I think. Obviously, we had Carlos Alcaraz playing. Um, I'm going to yes, have to get do. back to work soon, so we'll probably have to wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> no, tell me about it. Uh, but let's just go through the Alcaraz one, because for me, that was just, that's actually the most exciting match I've seen in the last few days. Uh, the one I really want to talk about the most. He yeah, looked dead me... and buried at one point, and it was a really good match against uh, Juan Pablo Varillas. Is that right? Yeah, that's it, Juan right. Pablo? Yeah. That's it, mate. And uh, we know how good, Pablo Varillas is this guy. He 2019, he went on a storming run. I don't know if you want to get up his form in 2019. Yeah, I'm just because it is just it is phenomenal. Let me see if you are you sharing it now. Hang on one sec. There you go. I'm just ping this up and gonna have a look. Right. There we go. So that was the match from today. And as you can see, there you go. Just just bring up this guy's form because it is just out of the, it's just un- unbelievable. I mean, we have a look at some of obviously it got patchy at the beginning, but if we go back to last year, if you see all the greens here, oh yeah, so all the way back to the middle of last year, I think it goes back even further than this. It goes, but, yeah, that's not really showing it. You need to kick on. I mean, his this, name, this, I this was this was the form, the run of form here, to be honest. Yeah. In, in that patch there, it was crazy. Like the, if you look at some of the people he's beaten there, obviously you've got Gallon Riveras, he was bigging him up earlier. Bagnis, Montero, Correa, Clazar, Orlando Luz, Fikovic, yeah, Colorini, Bagnis again. And there was just this guy. If you didn't know who he was, he was wild. just unstoppable. He was honestly unstoppable. Even Diaz Acosta when he was in that great form, man, yeah. I think that was maybe in a final or semi-final. 
beating just top top players. He then yeah. come a bit. It was a bit shaky towards the beginning of twenty twenty. Yeah. Wasn't quite the same. Still some good results in there. Obviously, recently beating Sabre Wild. That was a really impressive one in, in February, I believe. Yeah. Um, but then he's, we're, he's then playing Carlos Alcraft Garcia today. And like you can see here, it was yeah. a real close match. And if you have a look through the point by point here, I mean, well, if we just go to that, it was the third set. This is what Carlos Alcaraz, look at this at 4 1, the amount of juice points there was for the chances for him to go 5 1 up and Alcaraz showing the heart of a champion. Yeah. And if, well, if you compare this to Felix against Nishioka in. Um, the match he's played yesterday is a polar opposite. This is another young player, but he's shown heart and desire to get himself through in the match. And it's just incredible. Like, you've, it looked dead and buried. Like, it, it's amazing yeah. that Varelas is coming back to some good form now. So we're yeah. happy on that side. But then we're also happy in the fact that Carlos Algarve Garfield was able to dispatch of him. And this looks like a Varelas who I think is going to go on to win maybe his next five, ten matches. I'll be honest. I know that's a bit of a bold statement. It depends who he's going to be playing. But... I think he's going to do really well in the next next few weeks or months. And uh, obviously, Carlos Al uh, Alcaraz Garcia managed to beat him in some top form. Yeah, it was it was quite an incredible match. And the standard, I think the one thing that we always forget as well to mention is the standard of tennis between these players that people aren't even getting the chance to see. And they're just getting to see some of these matches like the Felix match on the in the French Open. The standard's yeah. not even as good as this. This match is I incredible. Agree, yeah. the standard... like these, two, these two here will be in the French Open next year and I'm sure they're going to have a really good tournament as well because they're both um, outstanding clay court players. You had Massetti in that as well. And I think next year, hopefully without any COVID, we'll have a nice full schedule and um, yeah. these two will be in there alongside Massetti. Damn right. Look forward yeah, to and, that. Um, I don't know if there's anything more you wanted to talk about. Uh, I'm not sure. Did we give uh, any uh, dark horse picks for the women's, or were we were we just giving just a main draw pick? Uh, I don't actually have one offhand. Who did uh, I want to do? I'll throw one out there. Just one that I think that she's been in amazing form. Rybakina. Yeah, well, uh, that was, that's what that's who I was going <laughs> to pick. You always sure still in. You always. I wasn't sure pick. if she went out. No, she won six love, six three today. Ah, fair enough. So uh, I just think that she's she's yet to realise that full potential, but you know it's coming at some point, and she's going to get far in a Grand Slam at some point. Just want to be there to witness it when it happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. fair enough. We'll uh, leave it there. Thanks, guys, for watching. We had quite a few of you join us. If you've not already, please uh, subscribe to our channel. We'll be doing a lot more daily podcasts now while French Open's on. Hopefully get a few live watch-alongs in there as well. Yes. And um, make sure you've liked the video as well if you've not already. And uh, we'll see you I tomorrow. Think. Indeed. Peace. Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.